From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. This is indeed the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, and we're glad to welcome in Moises de Leon. Good to have you with us. No, thank you, Bob. Did I, I, I left the Roberto part out. <laughs> no worries. That's my middle name. That's my first name. My first name. First name. It's your um, middle name. Yes. Yeah. It's a great name. It's it a great name. St. Robert was named after you. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, like the other way around. <laughs> Just, I always wonder when the parents are, how many names they considered before they gave it to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I personally have a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, list. I want to say at least twenty-five. So yeah. whenever we we do have a child, I'll be able to to uh, discern which one would be best. I, I I remember my my wife and I before before we had kids, and then when when she was first pregnant, um, just throwing out names, you know, and and you know you could tell by the by the other person's, you know, whether it was I was suggesting or she suggested. No. I think so, or you know, you try to be polite. <laughs> no, yeah, and one of the things my mo- uh, my wife usually does, it's like, oh, okay, we'll put it on the list, and then next thing you, I check the list, and it's at the bottom. It's at the bottom, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how you know it's on. Do you have a a, na- a a number one name you want to have for a child, boy or girl? Well, oh, you um, got it right on your phone. Look at that. It's it's on my phone. Uh, we had both. Uh, boys and uh girls so the first one that came up was elisa Mm -hmm. because she liked the whole concentrated to god Mm -hmm. Uh, my favorite one was either athanasius or uh, alexander oh very good um just because of great doctors of the faith uh Mm -hmm. athanasius was uh, one of the great founders of of our uh, pillars of, of faith, so I really like oh, the whole nice. traditional aspect of it. So, oh, very good. But we have competitions. Very good. Yeah. Was it? Was there a Bob in the Bible somewhere? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> not this one. <laughs> well, it's good to have you with us. Uh, um, so much, so much happening, and I know uh, uh, we've we've just come through September with all of the the. Uh, oh my goodness. So much, so many things happened. Uh, you know, oh, yes. fire and uh, ministry days, and uh, of course, October is now Respect Life Month, and we have an election with a life issue um, immediately on the ballot on November the eighth. And yet, um, nowadays in California, uh, everyone gets a, a, a ballot in the mail. Mm-hmm. You don't have to vote by mail, but many, many, many people, and that starts. Almost right away. Yeah, I believe it's next week, October 11. Yeah, and 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 so for for four weeks prior to the election, people will be voting. You know, and used to be people would you know they bring out the the hit pieces, the camp, you know, at the last minute. Oh, you know, they they don't have time to deny this or something. You know, that's kind of out out the window now because oh, yeah. uh, you know ninety percent of the people may have already voted before election day, mm-hmm. and and so it's I, I'm one of those that. Especially if there are candidates on the ballot, issues aren't going to change. You know, mm-hmm. Propositions aren't going to change, but a candidate on the ballot may do something in that last week, the last two weeks, where I go, "Gee, I was going to vote for that guy, and now I don't think I am." You know, <laughs> but if you've already voted, there's nothing you, there's you nothing can't you change. Can, yeah, there, there's nothing you can do. So I always like to vote on election day. Plus, I always thought it was a great civics lesson and mm-hmm. the lesson in democracy for our kids we would always take the kids no matter how old they were on election day and we no oh. matter if it was just city council or school board or uh primary because there are a lot of elections yeah, you know, there maybe is. it's a, a library tax on on just it's a separate election just for the library tax you mm-hmm. know and but we we would make sure and we you know we'd make a day of it we'd you know once if they were in school we'd wait till they were home from school and then Go out for a pizza or something, you know, and and discuss who who we voted for and why, or what issues we voted for or for we voted against. Yeah. And I always felt it was a good civics lesson. And now we have we have five that are of voting age, and they all vote. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Because I know I have lots of uh, family members that have uh, they're, they're eighteen for quite some time, 
and they still haven't registered for voting. They don't plan to vote for the next. Yeah, see, and that's that's the biggest problem is is it's a two step process. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, you know, I've decided I'm going to vote. And that's one of the things that you, uh, I know of one family member. He does that always. Last minute, he wants to plan. He wants to register to vote, and it's it's too late now, buddy. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't do it ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, even if he did, he, at the end he decides not to vote. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things. It's, it's a little bit disappointing, uh, discouraging to hear that uh, with our new generation. But I think it's it it should be something they should be doing even if they're not going to vote on every issue because you don't have to vote on every issue yeah. you could skip the ones that you don't you want to cover but just putting your voice out there yeah when you know in in the thing that's interesting i mean i i understand in a presidential election maybe a, a national election usually that's a presidential election is the only one that's national mm -hmm. even the senate would just be or a congressperson would only be in your own district or your own state but you know, the, uh, in in my hometown, we we had a city council and, and a city council election. And city councils control a lot of what's going on in your day to day life. Mm -hmm. They do. And we had a city council election that ended up in a dead tie. I mean, an exact really? tie, and they recounted it, and it was tied. You know, and we had another wow. one that was decided by nine votes, and then in a recount, it was even closer than that. You know, I mean, so interesting. And, wow. And and. and <laughs> I remember the, the tie election, it was two people with really different ideas about running the city. Mm. You know, so, I mean, it was, you know, uh, th that one made national television because <laughs> the state constitution in California says that if there's a tie in a local election, it shall be decided by lot. Not lot, the person, yeah. but by lot. <laughs> like, oh, interesting. And, and it was up to the mayor, I guess, to decide what that meant. Like, are they going to draw straws? Or are they going oh. to uh, you know, pick a number between 1 and 10? Or flip a coin. Flip a coin. <laughs> exactly. Flipping a coin is the more likely. Yeah. They decide they would roll, and I learned, I learned the word at that time, a die. Just the, oh. the singular of dice. Yeah. They, they would roll a die. And the chamber was packed, and it was the first time it had ever happened in California, so there were TV cameras everywhere. The chamber was packed, and there were two people. One was kind of the established incumbent uh, downtown business person. Mm -hmm. The other one was a, kind of a up-and-coming newcomer with, with different ideas you yeah. know, for, for running a city. And he kind of had oh, the youth movement it was packing the chamber, you know. <laughs> And so they bring out the die, and the the more established one, the one who's already on the council, he rolls a four, and the, everybody kind of kind of groans. No, he rolled a five. I'm sorry, he okay. rolled a five, and everybody kind of groans. And then here comes the the young buck, you know, and he rolls, and it's a five. <laughs> and that's what people were doing; they were laughing, you know. And so they do it again, and the, the current council member rolls another five. The newcomer rolls another five. Interesting. At wow. which point the mayor changes the dice, <laughs> <laughs> and the and the councilman rolls a four, and the newcomer rolls a six. Oh. And the place erupted. You can find it somewhere on the internet okay. somewhere, you know, and and to me, that was a great lesson in civics that your vote does count. It does. Yeah. You know, it just. Uh, it's not always that close. It usually isn't, but especially in local elections, mm -hmm. um, and especially uh, you know people who are in a small town, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of votes to swing it one way or another. Yeah, and, and it also shows uh, the population. Yeah, if it has it grown? Has it not? Yeah, and you know, no matter how people feel about it, you know, activism, getting involved in the California Catholic Conference and and the, the, our bishops, they really say we, we need to engage in, mm -hmm. in the marketplace and I remember and and you know again I'm not taking a, a, a position or, or I, we try to avoid politics here but we, we will talk about issues but there was an issue on the uh, that the legislature passed dealing with um, unionization of farm workers mm, okay uh, where they didn't have to vote at the job site, that they could vote someplace else, mm. and and there were the, you know kind of the, the usual parties on both sides, some in favor of it, some against it, 
but it reached the governor's desk and he said i'm not i'm not signing it and for for various reasons and they had a march a march from delano all the way oh, to wow. the capital delano's like 300 miles down yeah. the valley and to the capital and along the way it kind of got bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger um um, some of the bishops participated along the way. Um, the Bishop Soto had mass uh, the, m- the morning of the march here at, at, uh, uh, at the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, in, and by golly, the, 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 the governor changed his mind. Hmm. You know, and, and, and there you go. You know, <laughs> whether, whether it would, no, no matter what side of that issue you were on, he changed yeah. his mind because of. Uh, the, the, I don't know. This attracted enough attention that that probably he he invited people into his office and said, "Okay, let's talk. Let's let's talk. Let's yeah. see if we can't hammer this." And out. that's one of the things that uh, at the end of the day, whenever bills are passed and everything, there's a lot of bills. Mm-hmm. The governor sure usually just has a summary of what the bill is. Right. So if there if that was one of those cases that he just read the title, didn't like it, or didn't want to engage, he may just put it aside. Or may had one aide or one one elected official said this is this is bad for me in my yeah. district or something you know and and but yeah and you know there's going to be a, a men's march to save the unborn mm-hmm. uh, primarily uh, dealing with uh, Prop One on the on the California ballot uh, Saturday October twenty second at the state capitol uh, meet at the Hyatt and then a one point two mile walk around the the uh, capitol. And uh, to urge people to vote uh, no on Prop One, the the constitutional amendment, which would sort of enshrine uh, abortion into the California Constitution, which is something that uh, the California Catholic Conference and the bishops are very have come out very strongly uh, against, of course. Mm-hmm. So um, the point being that uh, activism doesn't always work, but to to just kind of throw your hands up and say, well. One person, one vote, it, it, it really doesn't make a difference. It does. And, mm-hmm. and if you look at what our country or our state or your city was like when you were born or when I was born, I got a few years on you, and, and what the laws are now, change happens. Mm-hmm. Change happens, and it's usually, fortunately, in this country, it's it's done legally. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's done through the legislative process, yes. and um, some of the change you might like, some of the change you might not like, but things don't stay the same. So, mm-hmm. if you're not voting, somebody else is voting for you. That is, and is, creating is, those changes is, for is you. Is creating those changes for you, and and all of a sudden you wake up one day and say, "Boy, how did this happen?" <laughs> And that's one of the things that uh, I've always uh, 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 spoken to in my family, and especially within our expanded community, that we do have a privilege to uh, voice our concerns, to vote, to make certain changes happen in our daily lives. Because uh, uh, usually down south, uh, uh, in the southern, southern part of the border, they don't have that. Right. Those changes are made by their members, and they're usually done because of their own... Uh, own will and or what benefits them not because of what the community wants or what what the needs of the community are so that's one of the things that at least what i really like about uh being here in 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 the states it's that opportunity of being able to voice at any level Uh, visiting your local district member at a local level you don't have to come to sacramento it'd be great you can see the great buildings see our uh, great monuments around it but if you can you could just visit him in a local office too i don't i don't know of a single California legislator or uh, U.S. congressperson, I've known a few, not a lot, uh, on both sides or however many sides, sometimes there's really more than two yeah. sides <laughs> of, of issues or, or whatever, uh, whatever party they are, who would refuse a meeting, mm-hmm. who doesn't hold regular town halls and, and, and that kind of thing, and, uh, and, and, and welcomes your opinion. You, you, you may, may change their mind. You may not. Maybe you get mm-hmm. them to amend something just a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, I know the California Catholic Conference sometimes with certain issues, they know that they don't have the votes, and, but they work to maybe get the, some of the language changed, maybe mm-hmm. get one of 10 provisions tossed out or get something else put in, you know, 
and and do a, a very effective job because they're so consistent in mm-hmm. their in their morals in their in the common good and uh, they don't kind of belong to either party uh, they don't just well we're only advocating for this party or oh, only yeah. advocating for that party they they stick to the issues in light of church teaching mm-hmm. and I would encourage people uh, before you vote go to the California Catholic Conference website cacatholic.org sign up for their their alerts and everything and read but read what's there and uh, and and see not, not only do they explain issues but they explain the the, the why and church mm-hmm. teaching this is this is why we feel this way about this issue um and and sometimes some uh, statements by by the bishops the california catholic conference rep is officially represents the bishops of all of throughout the state to the California legislature. And also one of the things that we also provide is uh, uh, through our website on that, on our advocacy page, the faithful citizenship mm-hmm. uh, package. So right. uh, if anyone's interested when it comes to any other issue besides the ones that we're facing here locally, uh, what they should, how they should vote with their conscience. Right. Uh, so that's, that's also located on our website, which is www scd.org slash advocacy yeah you know i mean it's 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 real easy and then the the the, the catholic church has always always been very big on conscience Mm -hmm. follow your conscience but it's very easy to say well my conscience told me to do this well yes (laughs) an informed conscience is much better than just a conscience yes which is sometimes fueled by anger or or joy or something you know uh Informed conscience. It's it's amazing to me. I, I know um, sometimes the Supreme Court will come out with a, an opinion that that's quote unquote controversial, a five to four opinion of some kind, and and I will read the the, the justices and and frequently not. On, I'm not talking about the, the big issues where you already kind of know where you stand. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a a, oh, yeah. a a different kind of issue, and. And I'll read the the sustaining opinions, the majority opinions, and I'll go, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, I, I agree with that. That's that's right. And then I'll read the minority opinion, and I go, oh, hadn't thought of it that way, you know. And I mean, they're all nine pretty darn smart people, mm-hmm. and they've got a lot of clerks and aides who are doing the research for them and, and everything, and, yeah. and writing the opinions. And so you so you get a lot of lot of people who know the law, understand the law, and it, obviously personal prejudice does come in. There's mm-hmm. no there's no question. Otherwise, every vote would be nine zero. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because they're all looking at the same case. Yeah. But it's it, and and my point there is is an informed conscience. If you just sort of read one side or listen to only one one side, you might not be getting some stuff on the other side that you should be processing as well yeah. you know and, so and, and and that's part of the discernment process as catholics is just to understand most it would be so easy if things were black and white yeah but there's certain uh policies or certain things we face in our in our uh legislator that's it's in the gray area which uh that's one of the things that uh, as catholics the discernment process of informed conscience is key uh is. In, in that process and you know uh, unfortunately, so many issues are. It's rare that you see a bill, a law come into that. A hundred percent of the people go, "This will be good for me." Oh yeah, you know, maybe free beer on Tuesday. I don't know. You know, it's usually this is good for this segment of the pot, and it's not quite so good for this segment. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's. Th- that's the tough part of yeah. it, I think. I, I know. Uh, I, we, uh, we have judges on here um, before the Red Mass, you know, to talk about the Red Mass, which is which is coming up as well on November November second, and it's for judges and legislators and lawyers, etc., and for anybody who wants to go. And, and I, I I look at them and I say, you have the toughest job in the world. You've got somebody in before you who has been found guilty of something by the jury. And you, you, first off, your your job was to give them a fair trial, make sure that you know evidence that should come in does and evidence that shouldn't come in doesn't. 
And but then you have this discretion as to okay, now they have found you guilty. What am I going to do with you? Mm-hmm. And and you're talking about the rest of this person's life, you know. And and I mean maybe it's something where it'd be probation or home confinement or maybe two years in prison. Uh, it's a it's a wide range. It is, yeah. And 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 you boy, I just think that's the toughest job in the world. It is. Yeah. Because uh, all those can can it just changes someone's lives forever. Exactly. For for the better or for the for worse. For the better or the worse. And the, the the goal obviously is is rehabil- rehabilitate, especially for somebody that's not going to be in prison forever, because mm-hmm. they're going to be back walking among us. Yeah. Well, Moises, we have uh, t- tell us first off, associate director, family and respect life ministry. What all does that encompass? Encompass everything under marriage. When it comes to uh, a couple interested in, in uh, getting their marriage uh, validated, either if they've been married in the past, getting a call validation, or simply a couple who wants to get married within the church, both civilly and, and uh, sacramentally. So it's the preparation of the engaged couples. For those couples who are already married, it's more of an enrichment process. Mm-hmm. So we usually offer a, a marriage conference every year uh, we're still organizing uh, the english one for next year uh, and then we're trying to get into the ministry of helping our widows divorced mm-hmm. uh, couples who are out there i know uh, i've been getting so many calls but it's just trying to get that ministry running it's been a little bit hard trying to get facilitators to provide uh, a, a sense of uh, of uh, support and be able to carry the, the the annual or the monthly gatherings as well uh, and then when it comes to the respect life, it's anything from uh, from womb to tomb. So mm-hmm. conception, making sure the mother has all uh, all the options of saying yes to life, either by connecting to local parishes, resources, having them uh, feel welcome in the community. Uh, when they have chosen to, uh, to say yes to life, making sure they have diapers, food for the baby, um, making sure they pr- they get housing either through the maternity homes. Uh, and then from there it goes into parenting so we usually offer a religious liberty conference to engage parents and for them to actually be empowered and understand what the school system provides and teaches their children and if it doesn't align with their values or family values or catholic values how they can actually uh, step forward and say you know what this is what i want to teach my children and i'll do it from home Mm -hmm. Uh, so opting up out from certain programs if, if they want to do that if not, they could supplement that through other resources that we provide. Um, and part of that is also leading to the conversation of anything between um, from now to our natural death. So uh, we've partnered with social concerns with uh, caring for creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand mm-hmm. creation as a holistic approach to our pro-life needs. Uh, what I found out recently was here in Sacramento, we suffer from uh, pollution and that how that pollution affects the fetus affects the mothers. Uh, I know for me personally, it affects me through my asthma mm-hmm. at times. Uh, I, I get triggered. Um, so it's understanding that how we live our daily lives and, and everything we do gets affected by our, by our creation and how we in turn can improve creation or creation will eventually throw it back to us. Uh, the conversation of helping our uh, migrants coming in uh, especially those who are working in the fields, uh, connecting them to lo- local resources in the parishes. And then when it comes to uh, if a mother has uh, uh, gotten an abortion or a miscarriage, having a healing process to mm-hmm. that. So welcoming them back to the community and giving them the graces necessary for to provide a healing uh, opportunity for them and to continue that journey for them to be encouraged and filled with love. We have the Rachel's Vineyard ministry for that as well. Uh, and then when it comes to the natural death, we have a, a brief grief ministry uh, that allows us to address those needs of unexpected death or if we're in the process of already losing our loved ones in those last stages, how can we actually accept that natural death as a process and give the person a full dignity uh, uh, and, uh, and life as, as they exit from this world yeah, to the you next. Know, it's, it's, I think it's sometimes misconstrued. The, the Catholic Church's position is, is very clear about 
whatever you want to call it, assisted suicide, mm. um, hastening death, uh, those kinds of things. But the Catholic Church is equally big on death with dignity, mm-hmm. which is, is sort of been co-opted by the assisted suicide. Yes. Part. But but it, it, with true dignity, that you, you, you don't have to do every heroic thing to keep a person alive for another week or two or anything else um, that that you you have the right to to to, to, to die not not to kill yourself no oh, yes but, but to, to, you know you've you've you have a terminal disease or or old old age or whatever it is and I think the other thing is also the fact that uh, many the many calls that I've gone in recently in the past few months has been uh, I don't think families understand that the process of of uh, death it's also a process of community mm-hmm. the family can't do it alone right. so many of them have called me uh, asking if hospice is something mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. acceptable th- right. through the church and letting them know that hospice is and, yes. and in the process of uh, looking for other resources or other help it's fine right. um, it, it's a it's a process that they should go through and, and it's it's better to have the conversation before someone goes through True. that Unfortunately, it doesn't happen that way, uh, and that's one of the things that anyone who's listening, just understanding the the process, it's, that hospice is acceptable. Uh, there are other issues that might come up in hospice that you might they might call in for any any uh, questions they might have, but it, it, it's a process of yeah. community at the yeah, end yeah. too. Hospice is by and large a very good thing, and like you say, there issues could come up um, uh, near end of life. But they could come up in the hospital. They could come mm-hmm. up anywhere. Um, the, you know, they could come up just within the family. But the, the notion of hospice to to make the person as comfortable as possible, and and to make the quote unquote death process. Um, I remember um, Bishop Quinn was in hospice, and and he had been in quite a while, and uh, he he was on this show, and he. Uh, he kind of laughed. He says, people don't believe me anymore that I'm sick. <laughs> he wasn't really sick as much as he had just lived a long, long life, mm-hmm. you know. And, and uh, he, uh, he, he was just so, he was the cl- what you would want. It was almost like in the movies or something. I mean, he, he, he told me, he said, you know, people bring me all these wonderful treats. And he says, I don't have an appetite anymore. Oh, really? and that and that tells me that probably the end is near you know and yet and yet he says i wake up the next morning and here I, here i am <laughs> you know and uh, uh he, he, he just had a wonderful outlook on life but but hospice c- can be a very good thing i know in my own family my mom uh, I, I don't know if it was technically hospice uh, you know the official organization mm-hmm. but women would come in from our parish every morning and pray the rosary with her. Mm. And it was just so important to her, so meaningful for her, you know. And uh, she knew she was in her last days. And uh, um, and I know my, my oldest sister, when she lost her husband uh, suddenly and unexpectedly, um, th- she didn't even know her parish had a, a bereavement ministry. Mm. And she said they just, just put a cocoon around me and just just took care of me at a time of need. And that's that's not easy work. That's, it's that's not, not easy to not. do. You know, a lot of people they just kind of want to. I I don't know what to say. I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing or something. You know. And and she said they were just so full of love and and faith. And she said they gave me what I needed when I needed it. And so. I know in this diocese uh, of two parishes that did did really good by my family. And, and that's one of the things that we've been trying to start that ministry up. I know there's uh, at least 10 parishes that still have it. There's a few that they're still starting up just after the pandemic. But that's one of the things about uh, either bereavement or, or grief ministry. It's it's just accompanying the, the family. Right. It, it's, it's our I mean, in anything we do in the Catholic Church, it's always about community. Uh, so it's community at all stages of life, and uh, I believe the Family Respect Life Office should be that that right. model of 
providing community at all stages of life, and uh, especially to those who are creating new families because they also need that push and encouragement that having a child is a wonderful blessing as well. Talk a little bit about the Gabriel Project. So the Gabriel Project is the parish ministries, uh, parish ministry based, uh, where people from the community, or usually it's several parishes coming together, assisting moms in needs uh, by providing them resources. Usually the people that we get uh, calls from are pregnant mothers, but sometimes they're, they already have a child too. So it's just providing them resources with clothing, food, uh, sense of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, many parishes do like a baby uh, sh- uh, shower, baby which it's a phenomenal idea, whoever came up with it, uh, especially for those that don't have families yeah, here. It, 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 they get to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some people of, of means, they have pretty extensive baby showers. <laughs> and and it's to, to think that somebody that maybe is alone, maybe mm-hmm. somebody who's not married, maybe somebody... Uh, there was, I remember in this diocese, there was a small group and it was called Showers on Wheels. Yeah. And and they did, it was just a, a married couple, just their idea, you know, and they would get, find women that, that didn't have anybody to give them a baby shower and, and make it just a joyful day for them, mm-hmm. you know, and and they had enough connections that they were able to get car seats and strollers, oh, wow. you know, the, the kind of the big ticket items yeah. that, that, um, just really made a difference for those people and and helped them celebrate life and know that there were a lot of people out there that thought this was a really special day for them so yeah, I mean, yeah and, and i know there are a lot of groups doing that that sort of thing now yeah and one of the things that uh, um, i'm so happy to hear is also the fact that we're growing uh in the next last month or so uh, we've been able to get three more parishes involved uh, in the Vallejo and Solano area. Oh, very good. Uh, so that those three parishes and Benicia are coming in to part of that network. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do is just solidify the, the connection and the foundation in order for them to have a uh, strong resources and help as much as they can because those are big communities. Uh, so that's one of the things that we're happy to hear. Uh, we have been, I mean, technically, we just started the, the new fiscal year. Right. <laughs> the fact that we have already four parishes, it's just a lot. Uh, and we're excited to, to for anyone who's interested in having the, their uh, a parish be part of it. You don't have to have a ministry at the parish. You could join another parish uh, if you feel um, you don't have enough people in your parish or you're, you're not there yet. It's fine. Um, and it, for those parishes or parishioners that, that uh, want to have a sign at least in front of their parish, just let us know. That's one of the things we're trying to do is advertise as much as possible that the Gaber Project exists. And the hotline's there for anyone to call. Very good. Very good. And b- before you go, uh, I know we have a Rachel's Vineyard coming up. Yes. Uh, explain what that is uh, uh, and, and when it is and how people can. Yeah. So the Rachel's Vineyard, it's a retreat uh, designed for mothers who have gone through uh, abortion or, or couples, or couples uh, miscarriages, um, or any major grief. Uh, as well so we're opening it up a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh, and just providing a process of healing for the couple or for the individual as well our first retreat which will be in english it will be starting november 18th to the 20th and this is residential yes spend two nights and part of this is uh if if you have any questions or if you want to sign up for the retreat uh just reach out to the respect life office uh and call uh, ask for sylvia uh, Andre, uh, Andrada, uh, and she's in charge of the uh, planning for the retreat. Uh, but part of the process is just trying to provide an opportunity for uh, for healing. There's there's so many ways of of receiving the grace of God and and the love, and sometimes there isn't. Uh, uh, it's hard to find that place, understanding where you're coming from. So this retreat usually provides a foundation and, and, the, and the safe place to have those conversations. This is where I'm at. I don't feel loved by God or I feel empty. I feel away from God. But in the process of this retreat is to really rediscover that God loves you. He never left you. Uh, it's just opening up that door for for him to come back in your life again. So it, it's a wonderful retreat. 
um, my wife and I have gone. Um, we've have, we haven't had an abortion, we, uh, but we offered um, our infertility as a as a process of that, so mm-hmm. we could have kids. And it, it was really it, it was really helpful for us. Uh, it brought us a little bit closer uh, to understand that uh, in the journey of, of of grief and suffering, we're not we're not alone. Yeah. There's other other yeah. people around us that yeah. are calling for help, and we just have to be open to hearing them out. Yeah, yeah, very well put. Well, Moises, always a pleasure to have you. Thanks for all the great no, work thank you, you do, and uh, we'll look forward to our paths crossing again real soon. Yep. Thanks so much. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Hi, I'm John McGinnis, retired sheriff of Sacramento County, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Sheriff, for that wonderful introduction. Appreciate that and all, all you have done and continue to do. Appreciate that very much. Uh, this is the Bishop's Hour. So much going on in our diocese here in Sacramento. The Red Mass is coming up on Wednesday, November the 2nd. Yes, that's All Souls Day. Uh, 5.15 p.m. at the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament, the Red Mass, is the traditional gathering of members of the legal profession and elected and appointed officials to invoke the aid of the Spirit of God in their deliberations for the year to come. Attorneys, judges, elected and appointed officials, it usually uh, coincides uh, sort of with the uh, opening of the Supreme Court and their deliberations uh, every fall. Uh, attorneys, judges, elected and appointed officials, and all those working in the legal system or involved in the process of government in the five-county Sacramento region are invited to attend the Mass. Again, it's at the cathedral. The principal celebrant, of course, will be Bishop Jaime Soto, and, and then the Mass is followed by the 15th Annual Bench and Bar Award Dinner. Now, you, you can do one or, or both um, uh, with the presentation of the very prestigious St. Thomas More Award 
And this year's recipient is the Honorable Stephen M. Basha, who is uh, a retired judge from the Yolo Superior Court in Yolo County. Uh, just a just a great man who's done great work uh, in the legal profession and outside of it, and uh, has actually started out as a teacher before he became a lawyer. So uh, if you'd like to... Uh, to learn more about the, the Red Mass, just go to scd.org and uh, find out uh, all about it at, at scd.org backslash Red Mass, all lowercase, www.scd.org backslash Red Mass. So it is. it really is a, a, a great event. I've been to the Red Mass and I've been to the dinner many times. And uh, my wife and I always say we've 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 got to sign up for that. That the, it's just it's uh, it's a great evening. Yeah, it's it's serious business for sure, but it's also uh, a very fun evening, and you, you get to meet a lot of a lot of people who care about making this uh, a better world. People that uh, I think are in a very very difficult profession, and uh, you'll enjoy meeting uh, a Judge Basha to Judge Basha at the. Uh, at the dinner, just a, a, a wonderful human being. So uh, that's uh, uh, one of the big events coming up in November. And, of course, the Run to Feed the Hungry for the Sacramento Food Bank uh, takes place on Thanksgiving morning. They're gunning for 30,000 people this year, 30,000 people. So uh, you just go to Run to Feed the Hungry. Uh, Google it, and you'll find out how to how to sign up. And it's a, a principal fundraiser for the Sacramento Food Bank, which uh, is the principal provider of food throughout Sacramento County. Well, we're pleased to welcome in Alex Peraza. Alex, good day to you. Howdy, howdy. Good afternoon. Yeah, it's afternoon. It is <laughs> afternoon, Alex. <laughs> Alex is the uh, regional coordinator for Youth and Young Adult Ministry in Pastoral Juvenil. Uh, right here in the Diocese of Sacramento, joins us by phone. Uh, Alex, uh, we always like to see your smiling face, but uh, we will do it by phone today. Tell us uh, tell us what's on your plate. Well, we're very excited. Um, this year we have a, um, a four-pillar uh, plan for um, our confirmation classes from um, uh, teens um, uh, programs. We want to um, invite the confirmation programs to plan retreats that are powerful, prayer service that um, transform lives. We are inviting uh, catechists to um, build communities, and um, we are also working on see how they can outreach uh, to parents and um, and. And build community among uh, people, see long-lasting communities where young people can belong. Mm-hmm. But this um, uh, coming up in October 25th and 27th, we have our first of the trainings, and it's going to be on how to encounter Christ through uh, meaningful retreats. Mm-hmm. So that's our, our next uh, big um, happening. And what, what will they... What, when and where, and, and how do people sign up? So we have um, Vince Nims, who, um, you know, you know him, he's um, a speaker, and in, uh, in he's, uh, he's in one of our parishes. He's going to be leading us. He has a lot of years of experience doing, uh, like, uh, conferences and what have you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be October 25th in St. John Vianney, and October 27th um, at Holy Spirit, or... October 27th at Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. On in Saint John Vianney is going to be in the morning, 10 to 1, and in October 27th at Holy Spirit is going to be in the evening, 6 to 8, and we're also going to open it on Zoom. Uh, that one is going to be in person or on Zoom for those people. And we have all the information on the event page of the scd.org um, slash uh, events. Are our confirmation and, uh, numbers... Uh continue to tick up? Uh, yes, thank God. Um, I've been asking around, um, um, you know, with the pandemic, everything went down. But um, some of the parishes um, have seen um, like a 50% increase wow. from their regular numbers because all the people that um, didn't want to go online 
to um, uh, for um, confirmation classes. So this year I think we're going to be um, larger because of of that. But that means like we have parishes that have uh, traditionally 250 young people, and this year they're seeing more than that, right? <laughs> so no, wow. I mean it's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. That's it. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that's all. Right. Uh, the, the, the more numbers, the better. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Oh yes, yes. I mean, isn't it amazing? Um, um, our families want their kids, their children, to continue living the faith. I mean, and they do so by um, bringing them to um, uh, catechesis to especially young people to confirmation. So. I think that's a hopeful um, um, uh, outlook for our church. Families do want our uh, young people to know Christ and being in relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, youth are that's that's the future of the church. It is, and 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 we have to be. So patient sometimes, but it is the patience is worth um, doing. And um, and we are here um, with uh, trainings. So we are calling this one encountering Christ and one another. Yeah. And so this this is uh, for confirmation. Um, and uh, and I'm inviting also our CIA for teens catechists, people that are um, uh, um, trying to uh, faithfully um, catechize our young people. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That's 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 wonderful. Do you do you utilize a lot of volunteers? Um, uh, yes, I mean, so um, all of them, the programs, um, the the people in the field, the ones um, um, working and serving and making it happen, they're good-hearted people that are volunteering for for these endeavors, and uh, and we. We want to be with them, right? These 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 are the people that make the faith happen, mm-hmm. and uh, and in a way, and and that's why we want to support them and give them tools that they need. So um, all across the diocese, I think um, the number of uh, paid personnel is is not very high. Right. Our parishes are, are I mean run by um, volunteers or people that receive a stipend, a small stipend for all their work. But people do it with, with an open heart and a, mm-hmm. and a willingness to, to be there. So in your work, uh, Alex, uh, you're the regional coordinator for Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Pastor Luno. Uh, tell us, what are your biggest challenges with youth? I think that this, this same thing that we're talking about because people are volunteers, and people give up their time and talent, and then um, uh, training becomes difficult. Giving, um, they already give so much, and then and then coming to a training uh, would be um, difficult for people. So I think um, having good training in a in a short amount of time is difficult. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we um is develop a culture of uh, of training in the, in some parishes? Um, well, people work at hours and what have you. So how do, how can we continue to serve them and uh, train them, equip them, so they don't get frustrated? Um, there's a high level of um, of uh, frustration. Yeah, what what are the challenges with the kids themselves? I mean, what what sorts of uh, questions do they ask you? Well, I think the biggest challenge is when um, when young people go to. Um, I mean, it happens especially in the parish that I'm, I'm at. We're not gonna name because we're not gonna point fingers, but mm-hmm. um, like young people go and they receive a. Um, um, you know, people, mar- parents should be married by the church. Um, uh, this should be happening at home, and then they they go home, and there's no uh, correlation. Mm-hmm. So faith becomes very um, a um, a book faith, but not a lived faith. 
Right. So um, the biggest question, um, young people say, well, is this for real or not? Right. Is, is, um, is following all these precepts for real? Mm-hmm. Or is there going to be a time when none of this is going to matter or, or what's up with that? Mm-hmm. So um, the witness of, um, of parents, caregivers, is very important. And that's a, that's a challenge, yeah. getting them, uh, as you say, the older folk. Mm-hmm. To buy into it, I think that's that's a bit, one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, you know, I mean, if 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 the parents aren't leading the charge, if you will, if if the the kids think, oh, okay, well, mom and dad, they 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 got baptized, they went to confession, they got their first holy communion, they got confirmation, and then that's kind of it. They go to mass on Christmas and Easter. Um, they they see that it's not important to you, that you don't mm-hmm. maybe you don't really believe it or you don't really follow it, uh, and and that's the cue they pick up. Yes, and, and unfortunately, it happens in a lot of our um, um, uh, families. Yep, where um, good-hearted people that want their yeah. their youth to um, to follow this, but in reality. Um, they're not investing themselves in it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is that is difficult. We're all we're all role models, if only to our own children. But but boy, what, if 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 you don't role model to your kids, who's going to? Who's going to fill that void? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And 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 and, and parents, uh, it's hard to convince parents that um that um the the youth are um, listening. And they are um, uh, um, learning by example and, uh, and in ways that we never, I don't want to say we couldn't imagine because we can imagine, but uh, young people are um, paying attention. They, they, they are. Even, even when you think they've tuned you out and you think they're yeah. not, not listening to you or, or even uh, uh, following your wishes, they are very definitely observing your behavior. And not only they, you know, if you have, the, if maybe you've got some of their friends over to do homework or shoot hoops in the driveway or to, for dinner or something, they're watching you too. Yes, yes, and and then um, um, uh, faith needs to become real, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and that's that's the value of um, of of um, is is not um, um, what do they say? Um, do what I say, not what I do. I mean, it, that that's not the way to transmit the faith. But it's, um, it's like Saint Paul said, you know, even if you don't learn anything, just do what I'm doing, and and and, and that's a good start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll figure out the rest later. That's right. But it's is be like me because I want to be like Jesus, or I believe in Jesus. Yep. And my life is changing. Yeah, indeed. Well, you got a you got a tough job. You have a very important job. Yeah, I mean the beauty of it is that it's, it's a shared job with with many many people in the parishes, and and, uh, and but I think that if we all work together, I think all of us can um, truly aspire to to change and transform society and and, and build a, a church that is going to last. Yeah, yeah. Well. This is the church that Jesus founded, so it's it's guaranteed it's going to be around. Yes, and and the beauty of it is that it's not dependent on us. Yeah, it's dependent on the Holy Spirit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I keep telling myself. It's, it's yeah. that it's not on me because yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I will do, but uh, the the Lord will not. Um, uh, ever abandon us? No, he um, will not uh, abandon us. That is, he will not abandon us. That's absolutely true. And all you got to do is ask. You know, I keep telling, mm-hmm. I keep telling people that. I tell myself that mostly <laughs> when I look in the mirror. Every time there's a, you know, a problem or there's something that's weighing on you, you say, just turn to God, turn to God. You know, and say, mm-hmm. hey, I got this problem going on here, and I'm having trouble solving it. Um, help me get through it. That's all you got to do. Well, Alex, we uh, 
love having you on the program. Thanks for all the great work you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento, and we'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you, Bob. So again, we're going to have this um, confirmation and RCA catechist training on October 25th at St. John Vianney in the morning and October 27th in Holy Spirit in Fairfield, 6 to 8 p.m. And everybody is uh, welcome to come and learn and, and meet other people. Very good. St. John Vianney is in uh, Rancho Cordova and, yes. and Holy Spirit in Fairfield. Wonderful parishes, yes. both of them. Thanks so much, Alex. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. That's uh, Alex, Alex Barraza, region. God bless Alex. We should all say God bless to each other. I think I think it's a wonderful thing to say. Uh, Alex is the regional coordinator for youth and young adult ministry and pastor, pastoral juvenile here in the Diocese of Sacramento. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of, ministry, of Mi Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice, of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. <music> Suffering, I do drink. Of its work, I do sing. On it must save you. Both bruised and crushed. Showing that God is love. And God is just.
reconciled. 